How do you create a culture where ownership and product focus are central in software engineering teams? Here to answer this question is Jose Luis de la Peña. Jose is the head of engineering at Generation Home and a former engineering manager at TransferWise. He's here to walk us through leadership progression, product engineering cultures, and engineer hiring on the Coffee with a Recruiter podcast. Very well. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a lovely sunny day in London today. Yeah, good. Thanks. How are you? How are you? I get nervous. How about you? <laughs> but how do you get nervous? We work together, so you should be pretty pretty chill around me. But uh, but look, um, yeah, very good. Just uh, cracking on with the roles that we're working on here at uh, Gen H. So um, busy with that, as as you can appreciate. Well, look, um, Jose, thank you for taking the time for this uh, sort of podcast episode. And keen to unpack quite a few things around things like leadership, product engineering, uh, product culture, I suppose, and and maybe give some value to listeners as to how to hire great engineers, how to grow into into a lead position, and overall what does product engineering entail. Uh, but before jumping into into the nitty gritty, I suppose, can you give us maybe a small intro to who you are and uh, what you do? Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, so I'm Jose. I, I've been working as a, as a software developer, product manager, engineering manager for years, jumping around from, I don't know, so many, so many different fields. Uh, started my career, my career working on, on video games. From there, I moved on to um, software security. Then I, I made a jump to legal tech which was a weird field to work on uh, until I ended up landing in, in FinTech with some other small things in between, to be honest. I needed to find something that really excited me. And I guess I guess FinTech did, did that trick. And yeah, over that time, I've, I've tried to do a, as much as I could and as many different roles as I could take um, in the journey of you know software development and trying to identify problems and, and solve them for customers. And yeah, ultimately, I landed in, in Gen Home about 10 months ago. Uh, it was a very, very, very exciting idea, uh, solving a very real problem. And I joined as an individual contributor after a few years working as, a, as an engineering manager because I, I felt the need of, of getting a bit closer to the customer and the, and the, the product and, and actual coding. Um, but yeah, three months in, I realized that I actually really did enjoy being a manager. And, and the company was was looking for for some more managers, so I, I did make the change. And yeah, for the past I would say seven and eight months, I've been yeah managing uh, one of our engineering teams here, um, which is basically the one that handles how do we um, lend money to customers. Basically, once a customer has finished a, a mortgage application and, and we're ready to to give them a loan, um, how do you convert these these offer that the customer gets into into an actual loan and how do you help them repay them and, and make the most of it and yeah it's been quite fun so far uh we have so much more to do and, and we've been growing like crazy in the less than a year that i've been here the team has more than double in size and and that doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon um yeah i don't know if that's enough do you have any more questions for for myself yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a perfect summary. Thank you for that, Jose. Uh, well, before jumping into the product engineering sort of stuff, I mean, I do notice you've you've have you've had quite a few sort of years as a as a as a lead or engineering manager, correct? 
Um, yeah. Um, actually, if I try to count it, I think about like actual managing people, it will be about 3.5 years. Uh, before that, I was leading projects and leading teams in a different way. Um, after all, so there's, there's a small difference, let's say, not a small difference, a big difference between being a tech lead and, and being an engineering manager. Um, if that makes sense, we can, we can talk more about that if, if you're interested. Um, yeah, I suppose, at least from, from speaking with candidates, I suppose tech lead is more sort of managing the sort of technical aspects of the team, whereas a manager is more around the career and, and coaching, or, or correct me if I'm wrong, would that be maybe a good, good way to put it? I would say it actually depends a lot on the organization and a title is just a title, it's just a title. Um, but at least for what I, what I always experience is that a tech lead seems to be more of a, of a lateral step for a, for a, engineering, uh, for a senior engineer in which, well, you have certain skills, um, you're able to break down complex uh, projects, you're able to um, yeah, design complex systems and, and mentor and help other, other teams and, and organize work around them. Um, and that's, that's kind of like an easy step, I will say, when you start taking on projects and, and leading a team technically around it. Um, and that's probably the first step towards becoming an engineering manager. Um, and then once you start actually managing direct reports, that's, that's when things get a bit, let's say, more complicated. And, and when your role start changes, it starts changing. And, and then that is actually a very different job. That's when many of the skills you had are useless because now the game changes. And, and it's more about making sure that um, people are happy, people are succeeding, your job becomes serving your team so they can uh, be the best version of themselves, uh, which is also true of a technical lead, but a technical lead focuses more on, on the actual technical aspects of a project or, or the way the team is, uh, is working and, and being effective. While for an engineering manager, you also start caring more about how can you help them become uh, whoever they want to become how can you make sure that they achieve their goals and, and they keep growing and, and they're happy and, and productive? One thing I wanted to ask you, let's say you have a, a new engineering manager, someone that maybe just progressed into that role. Um, how should someone approach that role? Let's say, what are the top three things that they should, or not necessarily three, but what are the top things that they should keep in mind when managing people? Is it more the let's say people coaching empathy understanding understanding the people side of things is it more um let's say the hands-on sort of uh, still being hands-on programming whilst managing people is it maybe expecting that there's going to be pushback from people or or having to make tough decisions like what would be sort of the key sort of three things to to keep in mind if you just moved into that that lead role? I guess it, it may be different for everyone, depending on who you are. Uh, of course, you'll, you'll face different challenges because you'll be equipped uh, in different ways, right? For me, the things that I struggle with the most, um, probably the first one was defining success for myself. When you're an individual contributor or even when you're a tech lead and you're leading the project, um, you care about your own personal work and your own personal deliveries. Uh, once you start managing teams, that completely changes and then your team success is your success but that's often hard to measure um so at least in in my case uh it became tough to realize whether i was doing a good job or not and 
and obviously the credit as well for yourself as a, as a software developer sort of like vanishes and then it's all about what what your team can do and deliver um so that's that's a weird period in which you have to adapt to uh, to understanding whether you're doing a good job or not in a, in a different way um probably the second one will be time management that was that was a pain um you try you, you have to start moving from your former i would say way of working which was having a flow having blocks of time in which you can just dedicate um that you could dedicate this time just to your craft and then that completely changes and, and you start having a lot of meetings and you have to still try to be productive if you want to still act as an individual contributor while having continuous interruptions uh, which becomes unmanageable so you do have to start developing your own techniques to be able to um, yeah make the most of your time avoid interruptions and that can be tricky at times because it's, it's a skill that as a software developer if you were working as an individual contributor you've never really had to work on before um I would say those are the, the two toughest ones. Probably the third one is, is I think you mentioned it uh, before, the one about yeah, empathy, dealing with, with your team and, and being able to understand their problems and, and see how you can help them. Uh, having effective one-on-ones, that can be at first very awkward as well, sitting down for an hour with a um, member of your team and trying to figure out how you can help them. Um, I would say software developers are not known for being, in general, as a community, the most outspoken uh, people or the most um, extroverted. And of course, there's there's, <laughs> there's uh, every kind of people everywhere. Um, yeah, sometimes it's tough just to figure out, are my team members happy? And is there anything I can do for them? And are they gonna tell me if they're unhappy? And how can I, yeah, how can I figure out if, if there's anything going wrong? Uh, when sometimes people just don't wanna talk about that stuff and, and they don't wanna bring sensitive topics. Um, but that's something that you need to, yeah, to work on because it's important for them and for the team and ultimately uh, for the company. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, when it comes to empathy, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, a leadership role, it's more of a people-oriented role where it's less about maybe the building of software or coding and more around just having one-to-one, speaking with your team, coaching them, understanding pain points and helping them grow. So having an understanding of what makes people tick, that's, or at least that empathy side of things is quite important. And at least, correct me if I'm wrong, but also you see this happen often that some people just in leadership in general, they get promoted Somehow because companies see, oh, this person, they're doing really well, but they're doing really well as an individual contributor, right? And a lot of companies might assume, oh, because they're doing well as an individual contributor, let's promote them as a team lead. And sometimes that doesn't work out, right? Because just because you're an individual contributor doesn't mean you're going to lead a team effectively. Yeah. And ultimately, that's, uh, that's also a big problem for the, for the person who's being promoted, um, I've seen this happen a lot, and in many cases, it ends up with the person just being able to go back to their original role if they're not happy with the new one. Uh, the sad thing is that in many other cases, it ends up with the with the new manager or the new lead being fired. Um, but I I do try to to have a very strong approach to this when thinking about promoting people to new management or leadership roles, which is I try to present to them how horrifying this new job is, and to get them to understand that what they've been doing so far is 
not necessarily the same as what they will be doing in the new job. Um, and the transition has to be as smooth as possible. And, and I personally think it's very important to have a period in which they understand what are the new responsibilities and they can go back to an individual contributor track if they want to. Um, another big important part is for a company to also have a proper um, IC development path or career path so, they, so that people don't feel like they need to move into a management position to grow. Uh, that's not true and that should never be true. We need very, very senior experience individual contributors to, yeah, to build good software. And more often than not, these extremely talented software developers are more valuable if they continue working as an individual contributor than if they become managers. Um, so I would say that the job of a good manager is understanding and helping uh, team members understand what is the best path for them. And if they do decide that the best path for them is management, try to explain to them, yeah, what are the nuances of the job and make sure that they understand if they're making the right decision, but also always keep a door open for them to change their mind. It's not nothing set in stone. If you want to move from one track to the other, you should always feel free to, to do so and try to find a way in which you can be the most impact, impactful, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's good to give an honest description of the role and leadership before promoting someone, right? Because uh, the leadership opportunities, everyone kind of wants them. They're very glamorized. But then when you get into them, they're also very stressful. They're, they involve people. They involve discussions, difficult discussions, pushback, a lot of different things that some people might not expect and might be surprised by. Well, just a, a last point on, on leadership before moving into the product engineering side of things. But let's say you're an engineer and you're looking to progress, you're looking to move into a leadership position. What, let's say, to achieve that position, what are maybe a top key things that you would need to know, need to have, need to do to move into a lead role in your, in your career? Um, or steps yeah. um, there's there's definitely not one path to that uh, there's yeah there's a million ways to to move into a leadership position I I have a preference which is which is as well the path that I that I followed and that I tried to follow um, I usually believe that the best way to take on a new role is by just taking it and this doesn't mean that you say hey I'm a lead suddenly hello everybody now I'm a lead um, but you sort of like start doing the job uh, and that's that's how I always try to approach my career. Uh, the first time that I that I became a lead, I just started coming up with with projects that I thought were interesting, and I was lucky enough to be in a place where my bosses were happy uh, to let me move on with my ideas. And then I would come up with a project, then get a bunch of engineers excited about it, work with me around it, and then sort of like that you just you just have a team and you just have a project that you're managing and you're leading these people around an idea uh, of success and that then you sort of like already start doing it whether whether you have that title or not and and that kind of like shows your manager that you are able to perform that job and in my case that's kind of like work like that i started uh, leading projects and and getting people on board with with my ideas and to work with me and then talked to my manager and said, hey, I've been leading these things. And he was like, yeah, that's great. You know what? Do you want to be a tech lead? And sure, that sounds great. And for me, for me, that's that's always the easiest way um, to show that you can do a job is to just do it. Um, I'm sure, yeah, uh, in many cases, it just comes out of need. You're the most experienced engineer and then you just get promoted. Um, I personally would always try to avoid those situations. 
And when, when somebody in my team is interested to become a lead, uh, what I try to ask him is to start doing the job. And I'm also happy, very, very happy as a manager to step aside a bit, to give them space to take on more responsibility or to be a bit more uh, outspoken in the team or to yeah, be a more relevant voice that people listen to uh, and then see how that goes. Um, but yeah, that's also a great way to understand whether you want to take that job or not when you spend some time actually performing similar tasks and, and get comfortable with that idea and see whether you can be successful or not and whether you can enjoy it. Makes sense. Well, there's a lot of things there. I mean, I suppose you need to identify, let's say you're at a company, you need to identify maybe an area that needs support, that needs, let's say you identify a problem, then you need to speak to the engineers, the right people around you and and draw some motivation to maybe work on that. And then you need to also uh, almost sell or present the opportunity or the the problem and solution to a to a manager, right? So there's a lot of there's a lot of I mean, moving parts there or steps you could say. Yes, it's one way, right? It doesn't need to be that hard. Um, I particularly always like product, uh, which is something that we can probably talk about later. Uh, which is why I also always try to come up with new ideas. Uh, but it's also honestly for very so, uh, any so, uh, senior software engineer quite easy to to just take a project that somebody else came up with, your product manager or whoever can have an idea. And you can say, oh, this is great. Do you mind if I take on it? And more often than not, the answer will be yes. Um, I also always experience that with, with my, my reports when we had a new idea or a new project. I'm super happy with one of them steps up and says, hey, do you mind if I lead this project? That's, that's always what I'm hoping for from them. And, and also what I try to push them to do. And if you want to keep getting more responsibility, just, you know, offer yourself for it, to it. And, and it's great if you also come up with new projects and new ideas, uh, but it's also perfectly fine if you just want to ask people to let you take over their projects. And more often than not, that will be, that will be the easiest path to, to start proving yourself as a technical lead. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, shifting gears a little bit into product engineering, uh, I would say, so... Keen to know from your perspective, I mean, some companies, they advertise product engineer roles. They talk about product engineering at, uh, as, a, as a software development sort of culture, maybe, or way of working. And that's slowly sort of a topic that's becoming sort of popular here and there, but uh, it's, it's maybe not the most widely known just yet. Keen to know from your perspective, what is what is product engineering and and maybe just go into how it might be different from i suppose regular software engineering you know what most companies do versus what product engineering does yeah um to be fair i think in a perfect world all or most software engineering should be product engineering um the problem or not necessarily the problem but historically we've seen many many developer roles to just become um turn a person into a ticket machine. You have somebody who's defining problems, understanding problems. They create a ticket for you. You just go and code it. Um, you won't necessarily know or understand the impact of this work you're doing, but you can perfectly do a good job at it if it's a well-defined task. Now, the way we understand software development in Generation Home and, and in many of the places that I've worked in the past is that every line of code that is written uh, should come with a very strong purpose. If you are writing code, you need to know exactly why you're writing it. This is the impact that it's going to have in my customers. I'm going to be, I don't know, working on this task. And that means that I'm going to reduce by 5% the number of 
calls to um, customer support because customers will be able to actually understand this bit of the product by themselves. And that will mean that, I don't know, they will speed up uh, their process of whatever they're doing in my website by a significant amount of time. So ultimately that will obviously lead to customer satisfaction and also to lower cost for our company, which could potentially become a price drop for our customers again. And yeah, I'm getting into this right hall of thinking now, but basically that's 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 the base idea. Um, there's no reason for software engineers to not understand exactly the impact of their work. And once this happens, uh, we get into a, a much better setup in which you have a lot more minds thinking about something. And ultimately the developers who are gonna be coding your product are the last line of defense um, against bad or poor designs. And they are the ones who can say, I don't think this is a great idea. And I can say that because I understand exactly what I'm building and suggest new, new ways of, of handling or solving a problem. Um, which is, yeah, kind of like the expectation that we have here in, in Chen Home. Um, and obviously this doesn't happen overnight. Uh, we expect and we encourage our, our developers to understand our product well, talk to um, every other function in the company, talk to our operational teams, if possible, talk to customers as well, and, and get a good idea of how do customers use our product and what are we actually trying to achieve here? What is our mission uh, on a great scheme, but also what is every small part of our product uh, meant for? And yeah, what are the metrics that we want to move and, and what do this mean to our customers? So ultimately it's easier for them to just put themselves in the customer's shoes um, when they're working on, on any particular task and, and try to find better ways of handling a problem. And I'm not saying that, that product managers or project managers or whoever is deciding uh, and breaking down this, this task and creating these tickets won't make the right decisions, um, but two brains think better than one. Um, so ultimately the result should be that you build a product that gets faster to the point and that does what is intended to do uh, probably better with a lower number of iterations and, and tweaks because yeah, there's, there's better knowledge of, of what we're actually building from the start. Sure. So I suppose, and you kind of answered the follow-up question I had, which is kind of what the yeah, sort of impact is. And you mentioned sort of, let's say, uh, a faster sort of production or a faster team that, that delivers a, a product at a faster rate, but also um, to a certain extent with better sort of customer impact. I think you kind of alluded to that since engineers are also involved in understanding how their product impacts the, the customer. Yeah, I will say so. There's, there's, there's many other benefits that I consider. Um, to be honest, the most important one for me is the level of engagement that you get from, from your engineering team um, and how, at least, and maybe this is just my personal feeling, but the, the level of motivation that you get when you actually understand why you're doing what you're doing, uh, it's, just, it's just a great feeling that gets you, again, personally, to me, it gets me out of bed in the morning. What am I, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? And, and keeps me, let's say, more, um, I don't know if I want to use the word happy, but it, yeah, it's what, it's what makes me happy at work. It's what uh, makes me continue working on that, product, continue working with that team, and also continue coming with new ideas that hopefully will also improve it, uh, as opposed to letting other people be the ones in charge of that. Everybody should contribute. Everybody's taking part on, on improving and developing this product. And, and the more knowledge we all have, the, 
yeah, ultimately the, the better ideas we'll, we'll be able to come up with. This, I mean, this sounds very sensible and very sort of almost commonsensical to say, you know, get engineers involved, get them working more sort of, let's say, on the product with chipping in ideas. But I suppose in practice, and, and I can kind of mention this from speaking with, with engineers, is that it's not that common in a lot of companies. Uh, what's What's stopping companies from just saying, you know what, let's just involve in engineers. Why isn't that, why do some companies I go, I think, I suppose, go more into that sort of ticket machine sort of direction? That's, a, that's just actually a hard question for me to answer uh, because I actually never, never understood <laughs> this. Um, I mean, I, I want to think it's, it's easier um, to have a few people you trust coming up with a roadmap and, and, and coming up with a, with a breakdown of, of how projects should be run. And then, just handle things that way. Um, to me, and again, this is just my perspective, and I'm sure it's very biased. Uh, this feels like a lack of trust on on your software developers. Um, and ultimately, I want to go in the opposite direction, and I want to trust the people I have in my team, and I want to listen to to them, and I want to hear um, what they will do differently. And then it's, it's just an open debate. Um, but yeah, I just never understood what's keeping other other companies to do this. I would say it's, it's hard. To, um, to onboard people into this mindset uh, because many of us, uh, when we were studying and when we started our career, were not given the chance to think um, around products this way. And, and it's, it's not a hard uh, mindset to develop or a hard skill to work on, um, but if we've never done it before, uh, it takes a while and the adaptation pro process is, is somewhat painful. Um, so maybe that's why many companies just skip that. Um, I don't know, to be honest, it's, it's, it's really hard to tell for me. I, I've never really worked that way. Uh, I've been lucky enough to always work in companies where I had the ability to think and, and bring my ideas. And more, of, more than not, more important than anything, uh, if, I've, if I've been given um, something to work on, uh, try to figure out if there's a better way and try to talk to people and try to understand exactly why do you want me to add this button? Is there a better thing we can do? You want to add, I don't know, you tell me to add this button to have one extra process in your day in which you can click this to fix whatever. Um, why can't we automate that without a button? We, why don't we, I don't know, even remove this, this process altogether? Or what, what are the options that we have here? Um, so yeah, I, I always thought that this was the way to work. So I'm not <laughs> sure, I'm not sure why, why other people will do it differently. Sure, sure. Is there, let's say, you know, let's say you have a team or a, or someone has a team and they're trying to create that product-driven mindset. Uh, um, is it just as simple as telling your team, okay, team, from now on, I want you to be more involved in the product or is it, is there something more to it? I mean, what would generally the approach be? Yeah, no, that probably won't work. Um <laughs> There's, there's, there's a lot of um, ways to, to increase your, I don't know, let's say product knowledge or, or your engagement with the product. Um, the, the, the first kind of like headline, let's say for it is, is whatever you do, always think of the customer first, put yourself on their shoes and see uh, how will you as a customer expect this product to be and then, and then go on from there. Uh, but what I will always encourage people to do is spend a lot of time talking to Customers and customers are not only external customers, but also the internal ones that you're solving problems for. If it is operational teams, uh, talk to them, try to understand exactly what they need. 
and that will already give you a good idea hopefully of, of what you want to build and what are the problems that you want to solve uh, and it's, it's just a matter of doing nobody nobody uh doing product management is is you know is particularly they, they don't it's not a gift and anybody can we all use products and we all know what annoys us and what we enjoy about the products we do obviously uh there's 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 certain science to it to understand exactly what to do and that can be learned uh but then the inclination to to understand whether something is good or bad that's we all have it it's just a matter of getting the confidence uh to share your ideas and to try to think around how to make a a product better and there's there's of course a lot of um ways in which you can understand whether your product is better or worse um we use a lot of metrics and this is another one of the of the things that i encourage engineers to do uh, start looking into numbers and, and data a bit more and try to understand what are the important metrics of what you're working on uh, some of them are very obvious if you're working on a i don't know on a front-end flow of course you want to see what the conversion is around the funnel um, but some of them can of course be a lot more more complex how can you make sure that i don't know this new thing you built is making customers use your product better or be happier ultimately and then yeah you start trying to figure out ways to measure that which is not always simple um but it's a, it's a good exercise for uh for developers to start thinking how can i measure that this product i'm working on is successful and once you have those numbers it's just much easier to start playing around with with the product and, and try to improve them i wonder if this is something that applies but um, outside of, let's say, using data, it might also be good to just, um, what's a good way of putting it, maybe learning broad sort of insights into customer sort of psychology or mentality and how they use products, right? I mean, I can, I can imagine that sometimes data can only tell you so much, or sometimes you need to wait a lot of time you know long periods of time before you can see the impact of your work yeah um, so maybe is it something that engineers can also do like maybe read uh, i'm just thinking out loud but maybe read academic journals or books on customer psychology or um uh, just external sort of insights that already exist that already people have written books or articles or blogs on and then make some educated decisions with that also i mean there's no i would say there's no limit to uh, to the different skills that somebody can learn or or should learn uh, and that will probably be useful as well but we also I, I personally try to be pragmatic and depending on where you work in gen home we're lucky to work with with very talented product designers as well and, and product managers um, so you need to know how far you want to go and you have to decide how far you want to go uh, i personally enjoy a lot working with uh, with UX designers who can be the ones as well helping me and, and giving me the tips uh, in the experience of, of what will work or not and be able to design great flows for customers that will make sense to them and that will appeal to um, to the way that humans interact with products. Um, so in that case, I definitely tr try to trust specialists before my own judgment. That doesn't mean that I don't want to make my own judgment, but there's people who have dedicated a career to that. So of course, they will always know better. Um, so yeah, with that, actually, I will, I will try always to be pragmatic. And um, I think having expertise on that area is, is a, is a full-time job. So you can try to, uh, to understand as much as you can, uh, but you have to, of course, rely on other people. After all, we, we're a team. And I don't think having product engineers in your team 
means that you don't need any other function. I think it just means that uh, product engineers can support other functions with the great knowledge that they have of the product they've built uh, to make the right decisions. Um, but ultimately, uh, this this is never going to be replaced by a product engineer. Um, but then again, every every product engineer can be different. You can be stronger at one area or other. Some people are very good with data. Some people can be very good with UX, and and then you will lean into that. There's there's never going to be a way to do everything. Uh, just find your strengths and and try to make the product better, however you can, and try to make your customers happy the best way you can. And if if that's if if UX is something that you care about, I've worked with extremely talented developers who were actually really 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 good UX designers because that's that's what they were passionate about. Um, but I think we all have to find our own our own direction, and and anything helps. That's that's one way. Uh, if you work more on the backend stuff, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't care about your um your product or your customers either. But maybe you will care more about a different area of product management uh, that has nothing to do with with UX or the way customers interact with product. Sure that so I suppose to summarize that touches on on something I wanted to discuss but if if an engineer wants to go more into that product direction or maybe even you're interviewing with a company and and you're wondering to see if their product sort of or engineering culture has that product mindset I suppose from this discussion I can summarize first of all make sure you have that customer first mentality second talk to your customers also internal customers Third, talk to your team, as you as you just mentioned, because they might know uh, more than you do. And, and finally, rely on customer data, right? See if the metrics are moving in the right direction, so to speak. Yeah, um, definitely. I I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot more to it. If you can, you can you, we can sure. start listing things. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an infinite war because we, we're just talking about everything that comes with the product is really product engineering really uh whatever decisions you're making that affect your customers uh ultimately uh is that um you also gotta pick your battles but uh but yeah i think i think that was a good summary now on a on a final note jose going back into sort of hiring and and recruitment let's say you're and i think maybe we we kind of answered the question already but let's say you're a you're a hiring manager and you're looking for engineers that are maybe a bit more product driven, right? Uh, what are ways to make sure your process kind of filters out those those types of candidates? Like, sort of, how do you identify someone with 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 product skills, or how do you interview for product skills uh, in in engineers? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I wouldn't say I have found the, the right answer, but uh, I do have some some ideas that I follow. I think that the main one for me to be like a first line to filter is how do they talk about what they've built in the past? Do they do they mention customers and do they mention uh, the problems they were solving or do they talk more about, about the tech side of things? Usually for me, it's a red flag if they only focus on what they've been technically building. And I personally want to hear more about what are the problems that they have solved and, and why they have solved these problems. Um, so if they already start talking to me in the direction of, oh, I was working in this company and we were delivering this product for customer. And thanks to that, they were able to do X thing. Um, that is already a good sign uh, as opposed to, oh, I, I don't know, found this system to search on our database 10 times faster. Great, that's awesome. But uh, that's not really what we're doing here. Um, so I would say that's the first thing, but 
then what I, what I really want to find on, on interviews when, when we're trying to figure out the product skills of, of a developer is can they understand why they're working on something? And if I ask them, oh, you've been working on this uh, project for the past year, uh, why is that? Uh, I expect them to tell me there was this thing that was broken that we measured this way and, and this is how it's going to be after I finish with my project and this is how the metrics that I, that I plan to move um, regarding, I don't know, conversion or unit cost for our product or, or whatever it is. Um, so I try to dig into that. Um, I, don't, I don't know what else actually. Those are, those are generally the two, the two main things. I try to figure out as well how do they plan a project when they start it. Uh, okay, you decided that you're going to start working on this. What do you do next? And I expect them to go to a small period of research and understanding of their customers um, to make the right decision. Sure, makes sense. So I yeah. suppose going into... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, it's, it's, it's really quite simple. There's no, at least from my side, there's no um, yeah, big secrets. It's just ask open questions, like asking very transparent questions of have you actually considered your customer here? Sure, sure. Well, I quite like the, you know, the top three you gave, you know, do they, do they sort of focus on the customer? Do they know why they're doing things? And, and hopefully if they've done any research on sort of customer behavior and as well as to prepare the work that they're, that they're doing, right? So that makes sense. Well, uh, Jose, on a final note, to find out more about yourself, where, where can we go? Um, well, I'm always on, of course, on, on LinkedIn, so you can hit me up there. Um, I don't think I have anything else, but uh, you can come check my LinkedIn page. Drop me a message if you want to chat with me. Um, I guess I'm not a very public person online, uh, but yeah, I'm always on LinkedIn. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Well, look, uh, Jose, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. It was great fun speaking with Jose. You can find his LinkedIn in the episode description. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or follow. Thanks again and stay safe.